Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes. It is Friday, but not the last episode of the week. Again, we'll have a special Sunday edition to uh, make up for what I missed on Tuesday. So uh, even though it is Friday, we'll get you a special Sunday edition. Uh, so not the last episode of the week. And good news, there's a game uh, tomorrow. So uh, again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but tomorrow show obviously we'll recap Saturday's game. Uh, but today we get into Locked on Coyotes. The Coyotes have an off day, um, and it's a good one, a, a good timing. They had a tough game against Montreal on Wednesday. I think the scheduling of Thursday night football didn't help with all that, especially having to come back from uh, come back from that long road trip. So, um, good time for the Coyotes to get an off day before they take on the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche started out as the league's hottest team, and uh, you could see why. They had a lot of talent up and down. Um, a good young defensive core up front. The forwards were uh, outstanding, but I think with the Avalanche, you're starting to see that maybe they are just a one-line team up front. You hate to say it, but um, it's been rough sledding since both Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog went out. Uh, McKinnon, or Rantanen, excuse me, went out last week. He had 12 points in nine games, so he was a huge factor, uh, shooting a 20% clip, nearly 21% clip. Uh, so he was uh, the guy really getting things going. Uh, so it was it was tough. That was really a big a big loss for. The Avalanche and then Gabriel Landis Cog. He had seven points in 11 games. He's missed the last two. Um, no words on how long he, uh, or at least it doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. Uh, so even though he's only had seven points in 11 games, I mean, that's their captain. He's the heart of their team. And, and you got to think he would have put out a lot more, uh, you know, as, as the season went along, be putting on higher numbers. He'd probably have more than seven points if he had played in all 13 games. Um, so I, their leading point getter, Meek, or, uh, Nathan McKinnon, still in the lineup. Obviously, Kale McCarr from the back end. He has 11 points in 13 games, but just means Colorado's going to have to step it up. They have to uh, be able to go out there and, and find a way to score without having to rely on Nathan McKinnon. Uh, tonight, they have a game. It's a... Uh, the first of a back-to-back for Colorado, so chance that uh, Frank Hoos will be in in goal for them, uh, just like he was the last time the Coyotes and the Avalanche squared off in Denver. Uh, but for the Stars, or for the Avalanche, excuse me, they hosted the Stars. Rupe Hintz scores twice for the Stars as they beat the Avs 2-1. The only goal uh, was from Nathan McKinnon, so... Uh, again, you want to make sure that if you're the Avs, that you're able to get uh, that secondary scoring in the Coyotes. The last time they played the Avalanche, they lost all uh, five goals coming in the third period or overtime, and it was Burakovsky who scored the game winner. Uh, so Coyotes are facing two less forwards and uh, Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog, but uh, still a dangerous team nonetheless. You see Nazem Kadri jump up to the top line, a guy who had played really well in Toronto, and he was on some of those down-year teams where he was the top center, and he produced a lot. It's a guy that really likes to shoot. 
Um, he has 30 shots so far, which is second on the team to McKinnon's 60. I mean, that is an insane number uh, for anybody to have, really. 60 shots already. Fort Nathan McKinnon, but Nazem Kadri, always dangerous. Burkowski now bumping up to that top line as well. With the injury of uh, Landis Cog, uh, so or uh, the injury of of Ranton and then uh, jumping up to center was Kadri after Landis Cog went down. So still a dangerous team. Uh, Frank Kuz is like we talked about. Probably will be the starter. I'm not sure if that's confirmed quite yet. I haven't seen anything surrounding that. Um, two six four goals against average. Nine two six save percentage again. The Coyotes. Got to him in the third period of last game. And this is the right time for the Coyotes to strike. A team that is probably feeling down a little bit. They're missing their leader. They're missing their second best forward. Uh, and it's a time to, to get out there and, and really take it to them. They have, um, they're able to play a team that's coming off a of back-to-back. The Coyotes have had two days rest. Not only two days rest, but two days rest at home. They're not coming back from a road trip. They're not having any jet lag, having to take a day to adjust. Now, they've been at home since Tuesday, so even though they did lose Wednesday in a, maybe maybe their worst game of the year, I would say so. Um, that Islanders game was pretty tough on them as well. Uh, the Coyotes uh, get some rest, so there shouldn't be any excuses for Arizona. And not that I think they're going to go out there and, and absolutely blow out the Avs. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be another tight game, a game that's, not going to see a lot of goals until later on, uh, but they've really got to go out there and they have to get themselves uh, together and, and just go out there and just try and dominate the game like they did the last time. And I wouldn't say they dominated too much, but they definitely went out there and they controlled the puck probably a lot better than a lot of teams had against a full a full strength Avalanche team this season. So you get a chance to play maybe the West's best team. That's shorthanded. I know the oil where the Oilers are sitting right now, day by day, you're starting to believe that maybe that is a team that's going to keep it together. I still have my doubt. So at the moment, I'd say a full-strength Avs team is the best in the NHL, but uh, obviously that could change. And uh, missing these two guys in Rantanen and Landeskog could really hurt Colorado. They are a team that I think is really driven by them. You saw how last season when they weren't getting when those three guys weren't producing Colorado fell into a bit of a spell so I mean you look at the point totals and it's not that they don't have any secondary help um, again McCarr has 11 points uh, 10 of those assists from the back end Kadri's finally starting to heat up he has nine points Burakoski has nine points as well uh, Jonas Donskoy has eight Matt Calvert has eight so a lot of guys chipping in. I don't want to make it sound like that uh, they're starving for secondary help, but it is going to be a little more intense now, and and the focus is really going to shift onto some of those guys. Again, I don't think Nazem Kadri's ever had an issue with that when he was playing in Toronto. Always considered a a high player for them, even even with the additions of Matthews and Marner and and Tavares. So. Kadri used to that. Burakovsky, I mean, he did play on Washington for a long time, but I think, especially as a winger in Washington, it's a lot of the focus has been given to Ovechkin and to TJ Oshie. So um, it, it's a little, I think it's going to be a little new to Burakovsky here uh, down the stretch uh, as as he has to play some an increased role 
on this Avs team, and I think he'll he'll be up to it. But a lot of guys for the Avalanche right now, they're kind of in an odd spot. They're missing their leader. They're missing, uh, again, their second top, their second best forward in McKinnon. Still chugging along, but he's going to need some help. And uh, the Coyotes are hopefully going to be able to take advantage of that uh, going into Saturday night. Uh, the Coyotes heading into Saturday night, uh, taking a look at some of their advanced stats now. Obviously not as good as uh, what they were when we talked about them a couple weeks ago. They've come back down to earth a little bit, um, but still pretty imp- impressive. I mean, uh, at, especially at uh, 5 on 5, their Corsi 4 at 53.1. So uh, pretty impressive for a team that going through a couple injuries on the back end, uh, but still good. Their goals, uh, expected goals four at 3.9, which is down from the league average. I think every year the league, the scoring is really high early on in the league. So I think you'll see that expected goals four in terms of uh, league average start to tick down a little bit more, but the Coyotes is getting closer and closer every day. They're at 3.9. But uh, goals, expected goals against, which uh, league average again, 4.7. The Coyotes at 2.6, so two goals below league average of expected goals against. So um, really good for the Coyotes. And that's, again, these are all five-on-five five numbers. Um, and then, uh, again, the actual numbers, 20 goals for at even strength, 18 given up at even strength uh, by the Coyotes. So, um, And then... Again, you look at what they're doing is, especially offensively, scoring chances for. They've had 475 scoring chances for, um, which a good amount above league average. League average 427, 475 for the Coyotes. But defensively, and I think you're seeing this a little bit with missing Nick Jarmelson, Brad Richardson being out of the lineup too. He's a really good two-way forward, especially on that back end and on that penalty kill, scoring chances against 441. So while the Coyotes are outchancing teams for the most part on most nights, uh, they're giving up a lot more than league average, and definitely more than what they want. So uh, that scoring chances 4% is at 51.9, so pretty much 52%. Um, And then you look at the high danger scoring chances, uh, 185 for the Coyotes. A near league average, which is at 172. Uh, high danger scoring chances against, again, average 172. Coyotes are at 173. So they are giving up a lot of chances. The high danger chances around league average. Obviously, you want to be uh, below league average, but um, not, not where you want to, you know, not a terrible place to be. It's not like they're giving up uh, near 200. Um, but. Uh, I think, uh, I wouldn't say troubling, and again, I think this is from more of an effect on the first uh, few games than anything. It was the, the high danger goals for the Coyotes have 13 of those this season, and unfortunately, uh, league average is at 17, uh, but high danger score uh, goals against, again, all those five on five. Um, at 13, allowed 17 of the league average. So I think that speaks a lot to the goaltending, the way Darcy Kemper has played this year. Ronta had a tough game against Montreal, but overall he's had a pretty solid uh, start to his season. So 
Um, the Coyotes, again, at 5-on-5, five five, uh, some outstanding numbers. Again, starting to come back a little bit towards more league average, but don't think it's anything where, again, not that you're panicking that that's where you're at, but um, definitely a little bit higher, uh, closer to league average than early on, and obviously uh, numbers change. The more games you play, the more you might start pushing towards league average, and and the, the teams that are truly exceptional are going to be out of the stratosphere better. Um, I think some of those numbers where the Coyotes are still kind of out of this world better. Um, save percentage, 923 for the Coyotes. Now, this is just overall, not just five on five. This is uh, total, 923, and then 903 uh, is the league average. And again, even at five on five, Coyotes, 923 save percentage. But uh, for the Coyotes, uh, again, out of this world. And surprisingly, 9-2-3 save percentage. Still no shutouts for the Coyotes. So even though they are one of the few teams that haven't picked up a shutout, um, they are definitely making sure the puck stays out of their net. And if it does, it doesn't happen too many times. Uh, I think the most concerning number when you look at it, uh, penalty kill, 794 at the moment, the penalty kill that was top two in the league last season um, has now fallen below league average to start the year. Uh, league average 80.3 or 80.4. So Coyotes right there near league average, but disappointing from where you were at uh, or where they, they the Coyotes were at um, last season. They have scored a shorthanded goal for, but they've also had one scored against. Uh, but when it comes to uh, the penalty kill, Good thing is, is they've only t- they've taken 34 penalties. League average is at 41. So, when it comes to giving those opportunities to the opponent, Coyotes pretty good at staying out of the box despite giving up seven goals already. Uh, but I think the really nice thing to see: power play percentage 21.05. We've scored eight power play goals on 38 opportunities. Again, league average 19.6. So a power play that's just a tick above league average, which I think to any other fan kind of outside looking in wouldn't be too impressive. But for a team that struggled with the power play, even when they were making the playoffs, um, good for uh, good to see for the Coyotes, their points percentage. Again, one of those teams that haven't played a lot of games on average. Each uh, team has played about 13 games. But when you take a look at the league standings in full, a lot of... A lot of teams within the Pacific Division have played uh, considerably more games than what the Coyotes have. Uh, the Coyotes again are at 12. The Oilers have played 14. The Canucks have played 13. They will play 14 by night's end tomorrow. Uh, the Ducks, who played tonight, we'll get into those games a little bit later. They've played 15 games, and then Vegas at 14 and Calgary at 15. Calgary will be at 16 by Saturday's end as well. So, Coyotes, still a few games uh, in terms of played behind. Obviously, you'll all at the end of the night or at the end of the year, everybody plays 82 games, so it's not going to matter that much. Uh, but it's still going to take a long time for the Coyotes to really catch up to that. They have uh, coming up. They play Monday, uh, next Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but those games are against Edmonton and Calgary, respectively. So um, even though they're going to be playing more games, it's not that, not as though they are uh, catching, getting any closer in terms of games played. Again, at the end of the year, it's not going to matter. But 
The only team that has played less games than them in the Western Conference is Chicago at 11 in Chicago. Um, I think for them, real quick, that's the only thing, I wouldn't say it's saving their season at the moment, but they've played four less games than Calgary, who sits in that final wildcard spot uh, if the season were to end. They are currently eight points out, so you you think if the Chicago would win, they make up those four games, if they were to win those four quote-unquote make-up games or to, those catch-up games, they'd be right there. So, uh, But anyways, for the Coyotes, again, another thing that you got to feel good about, even though you're a point out and seems like these teams are just winning constantly. The Coyotes still have two, three more games to catch up, and they get their crack at these teams coming up. Uh, again, Edmonton Monday, Calgary Tuesday. So it's not as uh, though the Coyotes aren't going to get those opportunities eventually to play those teams. It's just they got to wait a little bit extra, but um, I think it's good for a team that again, has has some younger players, but isn't the youngest team in the world to get some of that East Coast road trip out of the way. So the Coyotes' numbers starting to kind of come back to earth a little bit, but uh, not too bad. And, and the Coyotes, especially defensively, goaltending uh, goal still out of this world. And that, I think, will help uh, carry them to their first playoff appearance in uh, what would be eight years. Now, as we always do on Locked on Coyotes, we'll take a look. Around the league, some news and notes. First, we will start uh, within Arizona. Again, I always go into Craig Morgan for um, any updates. He's definitely the best in the business when it comes to covering the Coyotes. Uh, Matt Lehman does a fantastic job as well. Uh, nothing uh, too crazy. Again, we talked about last night. Excuse me, that Jordan Osterley is getting pretty close to a return. Again, Kyle Capobianco sent back to Tucson. Still no official word, obviously. I think we um, could get, uh, again, we'll get a little bit closer to game time on whether that's going to occur or not. Uh, a couple tweets from Craig Morgan. Quote, uh, Coyotes coach Rick Tockett said defenseman Jordan Osterley could return to the lineup on Saturday. Um, so, again, nothing confirmed. I think, obviously, once the lineup comes out and the, the scratches, we'll see. Uh, sounds like it might be a game-time decision. Definitely be interesting to see if he comes out for warm-ups or not. I think if he does come out for warm-ups, it would be a good sign on uh, if he w- if he does come back. Um, again, from the same tweet from Craig Morgan, quote, center Brad Richardson is like, less likely but possible, end quote. Also says Kemper starts. So uh, maybe some help on that back end. I don't think uh, Ness has played particularly poorly, but it definitely, Osterley being in there definitely adds a boost. Once they get Jarmelson back, I mean, once when they had their full defensive core, uh, core to themselves and fully healthy, that, that was one of the more lockdown teams in the league. I mean, you saw it in the numbers. And again, as the season goes on, legs get tired. Teams start to watch some more film, find ways to get through that uh, that defense. But for the Coyotes, I mean, once they get back, they're going to be able to, uh, once they get their defense back, be able to really lock it down and and start to suffocate teams like they were early on. But until then, um, going to have to make do with what they have. But getting Jordan Osterley back tomorrow would definitely be a good help. Taking a look at some of the scores around the league, starting with uh, Thursday night, there wasn't um, anything too crazy. I think that, uh, in terms of what affected the Coyotes, uh, the Flames beat the Predators 6-5 in overtime, so that didn't help. 
too much, but uh, and then Montreal on the second night of a back-to-back completes the third period comeback. Um, they were down 3-1 in the third. They got goals from Gallagher at 13:33, who also scored against the Coyotes. Uh, sorry, Gallagher's goal was at 18:02. That was a game tire. The second goal for Montreal, Thomas Tatar at 13:33. So Tatar, then Gallagher, and former Coyote Max Domi, 26 seconds in to give Montreal that win. So the Knights lose, but do get an overtime point. Marc Andre Fleury takes the loss again for the Golden Knights. Uh, just tough, especially goaltending wise. They gotta find. I wonder if that's something they address maybe even way before the trade deadline. Just getting a solid backup goaltender to help take some of that load off of Marc Andre Fleury. He's been spectacular so far, but again, you don't want to run him out of gas. And I think that was something you saw with Cam Talbot. Uh, a few years back when the Oilers finally made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. Next year, he just wasn't the same. He hasn't been the same since, but I think he just kind of ran out of gas. And uh, Again, Marc-Andre Fleury has been a, a starter in this league a long time, so I think he's less susceptible to that. But as he gets older, you definitely want to make sure you you limit some of the miles, especially for a team like Vegas that has the talent to, for lack of a better term, cruise into the playoffs. Obviously, they still have to play hard night in and night out, but... At a certain point in the season, probably could feel a little more comfortable where you're at. Maybe give some a, a few starts off the back of Flurry. But either way, we move on to action tonight um, in the Eastern Conference. The Flyers take down the Devils. The Devils still struggling uh, to find anything in, in terms of wins. Um, they only have eight points so far. So. Uh, tied with the worst in the league with Minnesota and Los Angeles. But the Devils, big news for them. They traded for Louis Domingue, a sixth-round pick to acquire him, the former Coyote, or a seventh-round pick, excuse me, conditional seventh-round pick. So Louis Domingue now a part of the New Jersey Devil organization, the former Coyote who was with Tampa Bay last season. And speaking of the Lightning, they play the Islanders, and the Islanders just continue um, to just dominate the Eastern Conference. it's uh, They're slowly be looking like uh, the best team in the East. That is their eighth straight victory over Tampa Bay, a team that, again, set the NHL record for most wins last season, and it has not been easy for them uh, coming into the 2019-2020 season. The Capitals hang sixth on the Sabres. Capitals 10-2-3, so uh, got a pretty big battle on our hands in, in that uh, metropolitan division between the Capitals, the Hurricanes, and the Islanders, who are all squished together. The Capitals, they've won three straight, so um, they look as dominant as ever. They're the best team in the East. Boston 9-2-1, again, look at the games played. Boston's played three less. And they did not play tonight, so uh, they do get a chance tomorrow to play and uh, pick up a win, so get a little bit closer again at the end of the year. Everybody plays 82, so it doesn't matter. Speaking of those Hurricanes, they beat the Red Wings 7-3. to The Hurricanes looks like they're just bigger, better, stronger than they were last year. team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. East playoffs should be fun. Once they roll around, the Blues in overtime defeat the Blue Jackets, thanks to David Perron. Scored on the power play eight seconds in 
to the extra frame like we talked about the stars thanks to Rupe Hints two goals defeat the Avalanche two to one and I got a chance to see the end of both of these games the Ducks in overtime Jacob Markstrom came all the way out to try and deflect uh, a puck the pass came from behind the Ducks goal to Getzloff and he kind of put out in front of himself a little too far but Markstrom tried to come out and make a play and uh, Getzloff easily went around him and placed it in the open net. So the Ducks uh, win 2-1 to one in overtime. That is not good for the Coyotes. Uh, two division opponents facing off. That goes to overtime. So it turns into a three-point game. And in terms of the Coyotes, nobody wins in that situation. And then another Pacific division opponent, man, the Sharks. You just you go in that locker room and you don't know what to say. You, you know, you, you feel for... Pete DeBoer, Tad, it's, you know, what do you, you go into that room and uh, the Sharks who played a spectacular game tonight, they outshot the Winnipeg Jets 53-19, to including 28-9 to in that second period, and they still lose, and uh, Connor Hellebuck looked good, Winnipeg, their defense is struggling again, but they continue to find ways to win, especially with that offense, so. Uh, tough sledding for the Sharks at the moment. Uh, they're at nine points again. It's you're almost at that part of the season where if if, if you don't turn it around kind of quick, you could get buried fast. I mean, Calgary right now would be the second wild card spot. They have 16 points. The Sharks have nine, uh, which is one less for the. Well, sorry, I say second worst record in the league. I apologize. I had claimed that New Jersey is tied for the worst record. Ottawa, seven, uh, three seven and one. They only have seven points. So for the second worst record in the league, is a tie, a four-way tie between New Jersey, Chicago, Minnesota, Los Angeles. But San Jose right there at nine points. So uh, a team that, uh, you know, I not feeling the hangover. It's a team that's a little bit older, and I think it's a little bit older than a lot of people realize. Um, Eric Carlson just doesn't look exactly the same coming back, uh, f- especially from that groin injury. So uh, tough sledding right now for the Sharks, and it was something that was mentioned again by Craig Morgan, who pretty much quoted it from Elliot Friedman. Um, quote from Craig, Craig Morgan tweet, it's time to revisit uh, Elliot Friedman's ominous stat, just nine of the 59 teams that were at least four points out of a playoff spot on November 1st have made the postseason. So nine of 59. If you're if you're more than four points back of the playoffs, I know, you know, the cliche, oh, it's early and, and anything can happen, and it's true. I mean, just look at the St. Louis Blues. They're one of those nine teams. But uh, at at this point, you know, that's those are some pretty telling numbers, especially it's been 14 years since the 05-06 season. I know it's crazy to think, but been 14 years since then and um, after tonight San Jose drops another one and they're uh, well more than four four points back so Sharks gotta turn around quickly um, take a quick look at the standings before I skedaddle on out of here again the Kyrie's on the outside looking in but get a chance to jump back into it tomorrow quick look at the East Washington and the Metro is the East leader at 23 points Carolina uh, this is all Metro, then Carolina second at 19. The Islanders, who have won eight straight, 18 points in the Atlantic. It's uh, been a dogfight so far 
for Buffalo and Boston, but Boston's starting to take over. They've won four straight. They play tomorrow. And then Buffalo, who lost today against Washington, tied at 20 points, but uh, Boston currently sits on top. Montreal, with their uh, nifty little three-game win streak, has jumped themselves into third place in the Atlantic. Uh, the wild card, Pittsburgh from the Metro, it was 16. Florida from the Atlantic was 16 as well. Toronto, 14 games in. They're a point out of a playoff spot. They're at 15. Tampa Bay at 14. Philadelphia at 13. Same thing with Columbus. And again, back to that stat from uh, Elliot Friedman. If you're more than four points out, hard to make the playoffs. And in the East, the Rangers, Red Wings, Devils, and Senators, who are all still in single-digit points, uh, really in danger of that. Quick look at the West. We've already talked about each division. Central real quick. St. Louis with 19. Nashville 18. Colorado 18. Um, and then down the line, Arizona 15 just on the outside. Winnipeg with their win. They're up to 14 points. Dallas at 13 with their win. San Jose 9. And then Chicago, Minnesota, and Los Angeles all at 8. So wrap it up here. Appreciate you joining us here for Locked On Coyotes. My name is Seth Askelson. You can follow me on the show. Uh, follow me on Twitter, excuse me, at saskelson96. That is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. You can follow the show at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at LO underscore Coyotes. Don't forget, special Sunday edition of Locked On Coyotes for you coming your way. So be on the lookout for that. Appreciate you joining me here. And until then, I hope you stay Locked On Coyotes.